guys, welcome back. Today I have Shannon from Starting Over with Shannon, which is an amazing podcast where she discusses how to become your highest self and heal from past wounds. So let's get into our chat. Okay, guys, Shannon, thank you so much for coming. I'm really excited about this and having a chat. Um, so Shannon, let's start with like just the basics. So in case people don't know who you are, uh, if you can just give like a little insight on who you are what and what you do. Yes, so thank you very much, first of all, for having me. It's a real pleasure. I was so happy to connect after you coming on my podcast, and I was like, yes, let's uh, let's do a. It was a good talk. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> necessary. Starting over after heartbreak or separation or divorce, and it's something that, quite frankly, most of us, if not all of us, experience at some point in our lives. Um, my heartbreak and separation was pretty difficult. I'm open about this. I separated from somebody who I later found out to be narcissistic and most likely sociopathic as well. Mm-hmm. And I used that whole experience. I learned so much through that and realized quite frankly, how many people have difficult relationships and mm-hmm. other and other pain points in their lives that I said, okay, I want to use the what I have gained to help other people. So I'm currently doing that through the medium of my own podcast, starting over with Shannon and some other online content on Instagram and, and TikTok. But about me personally, so I'm Shannon Jenkins. I'm Australian British. I don't know if anyone can pick my accent. It's, it's the beautiful. weirdest mix. No one knows what beautiful. my accent is. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I live in Switzerland um, in a beautiful, idyllic, dreamy place that feels like sound of music with these mountains and lakes. And yeah, it's gorgeous. So that's amazing. That's my starting over. Good, good. All right. So let me ask you this. Like, what was your kind of like significant turning point in that previous relationship that you said, okay, like this, something's off. Like what was like kind of like your aha moment for you? I don't know if there was one standout aha moment. I would say it was most likely an accumulation of behaviors and a sudden sudden change of behavior Mm. that made me go, something's off. I don't know what it is, but, and I often found myself making excuses. So a little bit of context in the relationship. I met my ex-partner. He was an extravagant, charming person, comedy, uh, somebody managed a comedy club doing street performing in London. I was 21 years old, naive, starry eyed, full of just desire to have huge, big adventure and fun and excitement in life. And he certainly provided that until it got a bit more sour, but we, we lived together in Paris and I fell pregnant unexpectedly. And I know a common denominator in people who find themselves in these kind of, let's say toxic relationships, there will often be an indication of commitment that changes things. So that could be engagement, that could be moving in together, that could be, as it was in my case, falling pregnant and deciding what to do from that. Our decision was to move to Australia for me to take time off of my university studies and then to move back to London at a later date. So really the turning point, if anything, was actually falling pregnant. But I think there was that was such a, I mean, new experience for me. I'd never been in this situation before that it was hard to go, am I being emotional? He's making telling me I'm being emotional. That could be pregnancy hormones. But actually there were behaviors such as him saying that we could move 
to Australia and go back. And then he said suddenly, no, we're actually, we're setting up here now. Yeah. We're not going back. You can't finish your studies. How about you stay at home and look after our son? But at the same time, uh, the money that I earn is my money. And so there was patterns of control control i would yep. say that started coming out manipulative behavior running alongside consistent derogatory remarks trust mm. me i know better than mm. you i'm more intelligent than you so it's always those offhand kind of comments but don't worry i'll look after us and the family right the meantime, right it was dishonoring myself and I'm like, are you talking about my life? This is so, isn't it bizarre? Like, do you ever hear stories and you're like, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, look, if you never doubt that this is a, a, a disorder is it's similar. It's very similar. Yes. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's never going to be identical, identical, but like, it's very similar. Yeah. So for you, like, cause I was, I was the same way. It was, I don't think it was our marriage, but it definitely was me getting pregnant for sure that triggered it because the minute it happened it was there was the first month of my pregnancy he was going out all the time which he really wasn't doing before so in my mind i was like okay he's soiling his oats like you know what i mean like he's gonna be a dad like i get it um and it was it was the same thing same exact thing as what you just said what do you think triggers that in that type of personality that like commitment that just brings out that side of that person I think the game, at least in, in, in my experience, it felt like the game has been won. He often right. remarked that he loved the chase with me and that I wasn't so-called easy to get. He had to make a lot of effort to win me over. And then me. I, <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I think when that trust was there, that love was there, that I'm here, I think all of that effort could then or the mask let's say that had been put on that had been kept there for that period of time could be taken off and i remember at one point it was sort of a chilling remark that was passed on to me from my friend who was visiting us in australia but she said at one point they're in the car together i wasn't there and he said to her she's never been more mine than she is now and i think that really summed up just in that statement the pathology, mm. which is right. that po the possession, the, right. the I'm an extension of him, I'm his possession, he owns me. And that, uh, yeah, that was very, right. very distinct. 100%, 100%, I agree. So fast forward to, um, you know, now in hindsight, obviously, you can see kind of like those significant moments in the relationship, but give us like the timeline. So where was the point where you said, okay, I, I can't do this anymore for you. And I always have to applaud the men and women that, because I believe you made the decision, correct? Yes. I, I didn't have to make the decision. It was made for me. And on one hand it's, you know, horrible, but on the other hand, I'm like, my God, I, I, can you imagine making the decision, especially when there's a serious commitment involved, especially when there's children involved. So the fact that you had the strength to do that, I mean, I always admire that in a person. Um, but for you, where, what, at what point did that happen for you? Where you're like, I can't do this anymore. Something's this, this relationship is not healthy. Yeah. Quite early on, I would say. <laughs> you're like, I knew right away I was done. <laughs> but do you know what the irony of this, and I've thought about it so much. And strangely, I think, 
I don't know if you've ever watched the 2005 Steve Jobs commencement speech from Stanford University. I love this speech. It's so Mm -hmm. good. Anyone listening, go and watch it. But one thing he says in that is you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only do that looking backwards. You know, those connect the dot kind of games. And I think there was so much at that period of time. I was confused, quite honestly. I did not know what to believe. I had wildly differing emotions and judgments about everything that was happening but i think that there was clearly something internally in me that said i deserve more than this and this is not the life that i signed up for but i wonder because i did make the decision to leave which was difficult i was still a university student i had no money basically and he had withheld everything from me i later found out he had offshore money that i knew nothing about but you know very typical pattern again with financial manipulation or abuse but i said okay i can do better than this on my own but i do wonder whether there is the link in terms of my own past which is that i grew up not knowing my father i was raised by a single mother who was fiercely independent which i think is in essence, actually part of the whole story of why I chose a narcissist in the first place, but that is another story. (laughs) That's another podcast. (laughs) That is another podcast. But I remember thinking, would I have made this decision to leave if I had had an upbringing where I had a nuclear family and those parents really said you need to stay together or it's you know prioritizing family and whatever that meant. So for me, I didn't have that. And it was, you know, even my mum saying, this is not okay. You've got to get out right. of here. You've got to leave. Right. And I felt able to do that. So right. I can really understand if maybe somebody hasn't had that kind of upbringing and has different beliefs that have been distilled in them over a period of time, they've got to unlearn, deconstruct yeah. all of that, which is you huge. Just nailed it. And it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you brought up a good point too. And cause I often wonder, you know, for any points in my life where I was quote weak, you know what I mean? Which not necessarily weak, but just, I didn't know. I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? Like, so I couldn't, I made decisions based on what I knew and based on my own wounds, you know what I mean? So based on the daddy issue that I had, like all of that kind of stuff, um, and my own upbringing, of course, but kind of like you, I was raised by a strong single woman and I definitely took on those traits. So much like with you, I think for me, when it initially happened and he had left, of course, there's sadness, of course, there's heartbreak and all the thing. But for me as well, I, I quickly was like, no, <laughs> like, no, this is not a thing. Because I, I knew that I deserved better than what I got. And I think that there are some men and women that don't have that inner self-worth, even though for me, it wasn't crazy strong you know but it was still it it never left me it was always in there and it was something that i had to kind of like tap into and rebuild and work on like with with you but um i think there are some people where like you said there's a lot more of that cleaning up to do and kind of like building their ability to say no i do deserve better because some people honestly don't yeah and you know what you can find beauty in the journey and sometimes it doesn't 
feel like that when you're in the thick of it and you're going through a really hard time. But I, if somebody told me I would now be engaged to a really wonderful, wise, kind, generous, loving man living in a beautiful home, have more money than I ever had access to before, much more stability and security than I had before, which was in fact also what I was seeking through a narcissistic person, I mm -hmm. now subsequently realize. But I would mm -hmm. not have believed that at the time, a few mm -hmm. years ago. I couldn't have seen how my life could have drastically changed so much. And I think that's why these stories of inspiration and people talking about these subjects is so important because you need to see somebody who has gone through that difficult period to provide that hope to you which is often so hidden and so far away when you're in the middle of a really difficult period of your life right right 100 percent. for you what do you think the blessing was like what was the lesson for you that he taught you do you feel like to become more self-aware Mm. And through that, that has led me to more satisfaction, more happiness, greater mm -hmm. acceptance of who I am, cultivation of more self-love, which was just so not there. I mean, I'm still mm. absolutely working on it. And obviously part of narcissistic abuse is that that is constantly removed from you in a really insidious way. Right. But I think I'm opening up more to what true love actually is. So a lot of my relationships are much more authentic and real mm -hmm. and based mm -hmm. on vulnerable, true connection. And that is 10 times more satisfying. Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's part of also when people say this whole flying monkey dialogue about the supporters of people with narcissism and so on. That was a very difficult period for me too. I had parts of my family who did support my ex-partner and didn't see the full picture and were not interested. And when I was carrying a lot of that anger, frustration, resentment, uh, sense of loss, that was hard to go through. But I think now the energy that I have is channeled in such a different place. And that is much more expansive and fulfilling. And it's what we're mm -hmm. all ultimately seeking. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. we're, all, we're all seeking that. But I think I realized that a lot of that comes internally rather than externally. And we're constantly seeking the external satisfaction. But actually part of that was going inward. So I, I always say that you know, in some respects, it was a, a blessing in disguise to have gone through mm -hmm. the relationship that I did and to have learned the lessons that I did because I know that I won't make the same mistake again. And I love right. to be able to say that with conviction. And that can right. equally apply to business situations. Because right. you're going to encounter people like this in mm -hmm. manipulative, uh, people who like empathy in lots of different settings in life. So I think actually doing this inner work to build up yourself can mean that you come from a much more centered, grounded, strong place. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how when you, the first thing you said was, I think you said like mindfulness or like awareness or something like I learned how to hone in, like my interactions with people are much more slowed down where I can like see things a little clearer than I did before. Whereas before, because you're just completely unaware you take offense to things, you're reactive to things, um, you feel insecure by things. And so I feel like now I, there's a different level of perspection, of, of um, ability to kind of like look from the outside and see the bigger picture of what's going on in any interaction with anyone. You know what I mean? I think I do always say that the people that are in your life that trigger you the most are like 
the best teachers in the, in the possible world, not just for your own like spirituality and your and you being able to kind of like hold on to yourself in that way, but um so you can learn things like I didn't know what gaslighting was. I didn't know what manipulation was. I didn't I didn't understand how I gave myself to someone in an unhealthy way. Right. Like I didn't I didn't in the moment outside, you know, after the fact, looking back and putting it all together, I could see where I felt less than on some level to this person. And I gave him that control over me in that way. I see where I didn't fully accept myself. So I, I believe I've always loved myself, but I think the love that I had for myself was dysfunctional. It wasn't healthy love. It didn't come from true acceptance. So I had to accept everything. I had to accept I was highly sensitive. I had to accept that I'm an empath. Like I had to accept things about myself that in the past I didn't embrace. I didn't see them as good things. I was told that they were quote bad things, that there was something wrong with me because I felt that way. So like all of that, for me, that person 100% taught me self-acceptance. It was like this mirror that just like hit me or this, you know, this sign of like stop for a second and just slow down and learn how to actually just be good to you, right? And not give your power to someone else in those unhealthy ways and how to actually be vulnerable in a relationship in a healthy way, <laughs> right? And, and not have that person trying to save you, but still be there for you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, go ahead. Well, going back to what you said about, isn't it interesting seeing these patterns of behavior, drawing the parallels between ex-narcissists, we have, we also establish patterns between us. Mm -hmm. And whilst it's not, let's say, well, we could have different opinions on whether we should adopt labels. I, th I don't think we should become too rigid in that, but I certainly mm -hmm. know for myself, it provided me with a framework to enhance this self-awareness awareness, awareness mm -hmm. of what i was doing problems that i had ways of being that i had mm -hmm. and the same thing with my ex-partner and that i have found is actually just such a gift i've learned mm -hmm. i can apply that in so many different areas of my life mm -hmm. and i think people listening will be able to do that as well do you think that so what do you think is like your biggest um like self-development or like spiritual like practice like what is something that you're always like this i don't want to necessarily say a skill but what is the thing that you're always working on that you've taken from that and are still you know because we're all work in progresses and, and you don't just like learn this and then okay i'm done i never have to have self-awareness again <laughs> so for no. you what what is like that kind of like daily thing for you i try to meditate in the mornings sometimes mm -hmm. it's successful sometimes it's not i'm not going to be the person to tell you that i religiously practice a morning routine right. or evening routine because i don't and you know the reality of being a mom and stuff you know my, my i love the honesty thank sometimes. you shannon yeah but we need that right <laughs> we have it's, to it's, yeah through, while stuff can be aspirational and that is important too it's also right. in my view being real and being like do you know what maybe four times out of five i managed your meditation probably two times out of five it's actually a decent one you know right. that, that is <laughs> that is the reality i also and this is actually one area i'm so loving right now is actually in my partnership so with my fiance david he and i will have so bedtime not necessarily mm -hmm. sexual but it will be a time like where we'll make a little 
kind of sanctuary in our room where we'll put on soft music, we'll light candles, we'll talk together. And sometimes that will be like breath work. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I realize I got triggered by something, which happens, of course, mm-hmm. that got mm-hmm. me on my perfectionist wound or made me doubt myself again, or am I going to be successful? Oh my gosh, this means insecurity. And mm-hmm. that's because my, I didn't have a dad who helped me out. And, you know, I understand what it is and mm-hmm. I understand more intellectually at least where these things are coming from but it doesn't mean that in the moment that an emotion arises for you that that's any easier i think you just have more resources to draw upon in order to help you through that moment so you know i i will realize my partner will too he's like okay you're closing up you're being a bit more tense that will be a common pattern with me a bit of dissociation or becoming Mm -hmm a bit colder in fact like as if I've closed my heart Mm. where I was hurt I close it off and then Mm. I'm less sensitive probably comes from actually being very sensitive Mm -hmm. and not being able to cope with it Mm -hmm. sometimes I've got to go like and it will take it will be taking that time to yeah yeah hand up right (laughs) that's me (laughs) but taking this time breathing connecting with where it is in my body where I'm feeling that is it in my heart is it in my lower belly is it were there any thoughts that came up for me today intrusive thoughts that made me feel bad and mm. sometimes I'll find I will then have this big wave of emotion like crying or sometimes it's been anger for a long time it was anger actually and I'm giving myself greater permission to allow that emotion to be there love that thank you for saying sorry that's so important yeah and to be like do you know what i need to actually cry and i know that if i just let myself cry for a while i am going to feel so much lighter so much Mm -hmm. more whole and i will be able to even do stuff better in my daily life like honestly Mm -hmm. if i get into this scatty closed thing i'll be you know, forgetting where I left my keys or bumping into something, doing everything in a rush. Like it really does, I think, impact your life in other ways. And building these resources and having these practices, imperfect practices, I should add, Mm -hmm. in place, Mm -hmm. I think really equipped me with the strength to have the fight that was necessary to have, even in relation to my ex, which was a two year plus legal battle that became extremely vicious uh, mm-hmm. on his side. With Again, I shall raise my hand and say I've been there. But yeah, yeah. no, a hundred percent. I think you, you, you are forced to learn how to take care of yourself. And like I said earlier, I didn't really fully accept myself. So I love everything you said. I think it was beautifully said. And I think, you know, being closed off, not being open to what it is that you're feeling and how you think and not judging it and just letting yourself like actually be a human being, I think is huge. It needs to happen. Quite frankly, that's mental health. Quite frankly, that's what you're supposed to learn how to do when you're very young in order to take care of yourself, um, to help yourself be in the space and then get out of the space, like, you know, not stay stuck there. So how do we process something and then like move ourselves forward? So I love that you're doing that for yourself. And I think that that's something that I personally am constantly talking about. I call it self-parenting. So um, I'm always talking about it because regardless of what you're going through, you need that. You need to be able to do that regardless of a relationship, whether you are in a relationship or not. Um, Because I'm sure there are, well, I'm not sure, there are times where you're not with your fiance and you're alone and you are doing that for yourself. And maybe you're aware of it and maybe you're not. But I think if, if it's a skill that you've kind of learned and practiced a lot, it's, it is something that you just do now that you don't even probably realize that you do. 
Whereas in the beginning for me, learning how to do it, it, it took like slowing down and thinking about it and understanding, okay, well, what do I do with this feeling next? And I think sometimes going to therapy and doing coaching and, and having someone model what it's supposed to look like. So if you and him are together, you guys are each modeling, you're on the outside helping the other and you feel safe in that space to be able to do that, which is huge. And it kind of goes into like what my next question was, was what is the major difference between that previous relationship and the current one for you that you see? Well, I think you've really hit the nail on the head by talking about safety. I think I was seeking in my narcissistic relationship safety as I am now, but it, what I was provided with was false safety. Mm. It was not nurturing anything about my being. It was just false promises that satisfied a part of me that felt fearful, that probably didn't realize she was feeling fearful, but actually, right. but actually was. I think there is far greater balance in my current relationship, more true love. It's not, I mean, of course, with narcissistic relationships anyway, they're, they're manipulative and exploitative always, actually, even mm -hmm. if it doesn't seem that way, you know, nothing is given. It's always Indian given, like taken back. You, there's tit for tat. It's tit for tat. I was just saying, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is not, I mean, making, I think, this decision of who you spend your time with is incredibly important. It's probably one of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I really fully realized that at the time that I made these decisions when I was younger. Gosh, no, Shannon. <laughs> but yeah, now I'd say much more truly loving, nurturing, and I have it's reciprocal and about when he supports me and even what I'm doing with this podcast, it's true support. It's like genuinely, I think he wants me to be happy and fulfilled and successful, not because that's going to mean we can buy a better house, but because he finds joy in my joy. Oh, I love that. I was having a conversation with um, my boyfriend uh, the other day and we were kind of talking about like, what are the key things that we really in, like love in each other, you know? And, you know, they're not like, well, you're kind and you're this like, yeah, those things are important Don't get me wrong. But like, what are the fundamental things? Like, what are the things that you need in a relationship? And it was those things I said, I feel safe. I feel calm. And I feel like you're my biggest cheerleader. Like, you just want me to be happy. You know, there's no there's no ulterior motive. There's no tit for tat. There's no making me feel bad for the way that I feel like it's true, genuine love, like you said. And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to like, it sounds corny, but all you're trying to find is just your best friend. Like when I think of like my girlfriends that I've had, you know, a good chunk of my life or even short term that are my go-to people, they have all the same qualities. It's the same relationship. The only difference is, is obviously the physical intimacy, you know, with your partner versus your girlfriend. Um, so for me, I, I didn't look at it like that. I think when you're younger and you come from some wounds and unfortunately to its society and what they, you know, I watched Cinderella and the princess and the, the you know, and so it, those are just all ways that we're programmed that we should, that it should feel like and look like, and you know, your, your wedding should be this and this, and, and then you do this and it's like, well, no, it doesn't have to go that way. And it doesn't have to be that way. And it's just about, you can have those things. Absolutely. But it wasn't, a, it's not about those things. And so that's something that 
again, no one taught you that. Like no one sat me down and said, hey, Steph, so this is what a relationship should look like. And I'm going to mirror it for you, <laughs> right? Like you're going to see a healthy dynamic between two people. And then I'm also going to teach you it as well, even though the mirroring definitely helps. And I didn't have that. I'm sure maybe you didn't have that or maybe you did later on in life, but I definitely did not have that. I didn't have healthy communication or any of those things. So, you know, you definitely can't teach a child something that you're not living for sure. Um, but I think I think that's what we need to learn how to do is how do we learn how to be happy by ourselves and take care of ourselves? And what does it look like? I think once you get that, though, you'll understand what a healthy relationship should feel like. Do you agree? I do. I, I felt like even with the relationship that I have now, I mean, like I said, we're getting married. It's very much a strong commitment, but there was a gradual opening and deepening too and i find that that is because of both of us doing work on ourselves that mm -hmm. we are just becoming less reactive more in tune with ourselves right. taking time to slow down not just dumping our crap on each other and be like well you know take it right. <laughs> some moments but not all the time right <laughs> Yeah. What were those like when, when you were getting to know him, like just for the people out there that are dating for you, what were like some of the things early on that you saw that you were like, okay, this is, this is different. This feels different. He said what he, what he said he did. Oh, okay. I think there was a sense of my trust was so damaged after right. being lied to so significantly that I definitely had that in our distrust of anyone you know dating right. was difficult because somebody would tell me a story and i'd be like is that true are you just saying that to right me? right there was a lot of that at the start but i think it was every single thing that he said i will be there at this time i will help you with your legal case by doing such and such i'll provide this every single thing that he said he did and that i felt like was so healing for my heart Mm. And not just the heart that had been broken through the relationship that had just ended for me, but also through my childhood, you know, through right. things that I didn't always have that kind of stability, security, alongside competency. I was loved. I know my mother loved me, but she had her own troubles that she had never processed. And mm -hmm couldn't really help me properly so I felt quite alone in the world a lot I think and then I developed the defense mechanisms that I was describing about being more shut off closing my heart I can do it soldier on be independent but actually this I could relax and soften as he made all of these fulfilled all of his promises and showed what it meant to be truly empathic to be able to give without expecting anything in return and of course there was so much doubt is, that, is he really saying that Does he right getting my right. plants like right right <laughs> i mean it sounds crazy well, you but... have to wait and see what the consistency was for me that was always the biggest thing is like what's the consistency are you consistent yes. with who yes. you are you know because i learned that people can play characters very well you know and like i've definitely heard it from people that i've talked to over the years is like they they had empathy like they they were empathetic in the you know what i mean so i think a really good manipulator is able to definitely play a character but you can only play it for so long and i think that in the consistency you're going to see little cracks you know what i mean like you're going to see little not 
and look, no one's perfect. So that's not what we're talking about, but you're going to, your intuition is going to tell you something for sure. Um, do you think that you can heal a, a trauma fully by yourself? No, 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 I don't. I, I don't, in all honesty, I don't think any of us completely heal in isolation. I mm. think we are a collective sociable species and over the last 200 years or so we've developed a really fierce individualistic culture especially mm. in the united states which mm -hmm. often says you can do everything you can achieve your dreams and you've got to kind of persevere and be tough and full of determination mm -hmm. i think we're by by creating that culture it's cut us off from that sense of collaboration and community mm. that mm. is really, in my view, imperative for our own and collective mental health. Mm -hmm. you know, that's not to say that you can't do large amounts by yourself, right. of course. And if anybody gives you any advice or mirrors, for, as you're describing before, something which you could apply, you need to do that work yourself. You need to put mm -hmm. it in place. And if you're mm -hmm. not willing to take the steps yourself to go that halfway, then you're not going to move forward. Yeah. But I do think that help is so important and, and love love not necessarily go. love in the sense of romantic love but that could be love of a friend or of a neighbor or somebody genuinely caring a, a psychologist a coach somebody who is there that you know that they're coming from a place of honesty integrity and empathy and that their care for you is going to be that thing that nourishes you to be able to move forward so do you think your karma was to meet your fiance? Like to go through, see, I totally believe that my belief is we go through these experiences because we're supposed, you either learn the lesson on your own or life says, here, I'm gonna give you something that's gonna be a little painful, but I think you're gonna open your eyes a little bit to something. And you kind of like open your eyes to something and you start to learn and you kind of go back and like, start to you know like i said work on yourself and heal some things um and then it's it's kind of like now you're because you're open this good stuff starts coming in like the best things of my life aside from my son have like my career my job like my relationship the way i feel like my friendships all that came after going through a storm and you know I, like you said, I don't think you definitely can't fully heal on your own 100%. But I think when you're kind of like halfway there, and you're really doing a lot of good stuff for yourself, you just open up. And then all of a sudden, like all this stuff starts coming at you where it's like one after another. So I don't know, I, I, I feel like that's sometimes our karma. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what I think about the concept of karma mm. and mm. to be honest it's something that I've been quite open to in the last couple mm. of years I think as I've been on this journey of seeking resources and self-questioning or inquiry in general that's made me go is there such thing as a soul's purpose and you know right, I, right. They, there's things where I go but this does not feel like just a coincidence like even my partner meeting him at the time that I did and that he was in a place to help me when no one else could right. and everyone would have said you're crazy like how can you make this relationship work I mean I was not allowed to leave Australia um I, my passport had to be, my son's passport had to be handed into the court. Then COVID happened and Australia closed their borders and we were separated for 14 months. But there was just something underneath that was like, 
doors are opening for us somehow mm, and the feeling mm. that we have is so strong that there feels like there's something else here so i think all of these little things that started happening in my life and i just take the relationship as an example but i would say that also happened in other areas too made me start questioning these ideas of is it are you kidding me like this isn't all just right. happening for some <laughs> like what but i cannot deny that it was inevitable that i would have chosen somebody that i did based mm-hmm. on what I have lived through and what I know now, mm-hmm. it, it was going to happen. And I think it reminds me of something one of my previous podcast guests said, which really resonated with me. They said, you know, we go through life and we hit a wall or we think it's a wall, but actually it's not. It's just a step up mm-hmm. and you have to take the next step and keep going. So we think, you know, go forward, but actually it's going forward and up too. And mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. it's really hard because we are challenging those ideas of who we are. We have to let go of old versions of ourselves. We have to let go of people that we were once close to and all of this can evoke such strong feelings of grief and anger and sadness and all these things that we don't fear we don't want to sit with but i do think in my own example and that of even yours in what you're describing here Mm -hmm. is this was such a difficult period of my life and there was a point where i could not make sense of it but then somehow the rainbow arrived and things worked out so much better than I had even imagined. And that's not to say that you're not going to hit your next step. Right, right. That will, ha- that will happen. But right. there was that calm after the storm you gained in wisdom and strength and maybe other positive things in your life as well. You know what I love too? So let's just quickly, because I think that this is important because for the people that are kind of like knee deep in something, for you, what were your... Um, like at that point where you were like in a lot of pain, you were kind of like in resistance to like what was happening or what was, and maybe a little fearful of the future, confused, like all that messy space that we are in sometimes, what were the things that like helped you to like actually believe there had to have been some faith or belief, belief in you that like, okay, this is going to get better. Like the sun will shine again. Like there had to have been some, so for you, what did that look like? Hmm. It's funny you say that because I'm just, it takes me back to all those moments where I didn't feel that, you You know, didn't feel that. No, I did at some point, but all the moments where you doubt it, you know, like, is that going to happen? I don't know. And that's that fear mentality. And I think what actually helped was becoming more present and finding a release of everything that I had trapped inside of me and realizing that that sense of peace and hope came after that. So that could mean for me going to a spinning class. I still remember this going to a spinning class and this woman being so fierce and I was like breaking down on the bike. I remember that those days. I was like, like, I've got to leave. Like I've just got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Tear, tear. Yeah, for sure that happened. But like, so that would be a moment where I'm feeling all of this, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Caught in that space would release that exercise, whatever. And then I had things such as the prospect of this new relationship and this sense of love and a feeling, I mean, I, going back to what I said before about love and how that can conquer hate because there is that feeling of hate in the moment. I think many people mm. will will resonate with that like what the hell is happening to my life this is not what i imagined i don't feel like i deserve this but getting stuck in that space clouds 
it's like it's like clouding the sun you know you can't see it because you're putting something in front of it but all it needs to do is gently gently move away and then you'll be able to see so for me that meant like i said having this nice romantic love still maintaining relationships with my friends and mm -hmm. having something professionally that i was working towards that gave me a sense of confidence in myself mm -hmm. and hope that that something beautiful would come out of that as well mm -hmm. is that when you started the podcast no i only started the podcast when i moved here i thought at the time i was doing a leadership training program to be a teacher mm -hmm. and work in public service but it was still very driven by well we're focusing on ameliorating social inequities in schools so a lot mm -hmm. of like racism and trauma and things like that and it felt like mm -hmm. meaningful work to me and i mm -hmm. felt like i could use my skills to be of service to people and to mm -hmm. make a positive contribution in the world and i think mm -hmm. when that happens when you're you are in this space where you can feel more gratitude which mm -hmm. is obviously linked to happiness anyway and this sense of being part of the larger whole mm -hmm. you know? and if you've been in a narcissistic relationship you'll often find that they're trying to isolate you in many ways mm -hmm. either, you know potentially from people physically but then also emotionally and psychologically as well mm -hmm. and actually anything that counters that you will then feel like your horizons have broadened and actually your sight of vision is much more expansive mm -hmm. so i think it really is those things of like removing the clouds that are there so that you can see the sunlight coming through i i, I started i honestly started my practice because i mean quite frankly i was bored and I was home with my son and he was like a little baby, but every video, I tell people all the time, I'm like, almost, especially in the very, very beginning of my channel on YouTube, like every video I ever created, it was like talk therapy. It was exactly what I was going through to a T. Um, and it was my way of kind of like almost talking myself through it and, and helping myself. And, you know, I get just as much pleasure and and enjoyment with what I do that I hope I obviously bring to you know the audience or a client or anyone but I think if you are doing something that is meaningful to you like you said it does bring a level of gratitude that like you don't you wouldn't have had if if for me personally you know I think a lot of times where People are stressed, especially, especially here in the US, it is a very driven, aggressive, you know, type of place. And if you're doing something where you're not fulfilled, it becomes something that's just stressful and something that it just takes over your life, right? So when I leave work at the end of the day, actually it's hard for me to leave work at the end of the day because I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, and that's that I have to I've had to work on. But um I, I you know i put it in a place and i just i feel peaceful i don't feel the stress that i felt in previous jobs that i've had um even though i, I enjoyed the jobs at the time and they 100 percent have helped me run a business i've learned everything from every job i've ever had but um it's just a different feeling and i think again when you have people around you that fully support that it just magnifies it even more versus, you know, having people around that weren't as supportive that, that thought it was, you know, at least for me, um, I remember my ex-husband even saying to me when we were kind of going back and forth and he said, well, at some point you're going to have to get a real job. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> I was like, that's nice. Thank you. You're so supportive after everything you put me through. <laughs> um, I know, ouch. Well, I think I showed him, but, <laughs> um, but anyways, I did it for myself, but no, I think, I think you're, you have a beautiful story of inspiration for sure. And I think that I hope it gave everyone that's listening some, you know, just insight that things do get better. I think when you're knee deep in something, it's hard to really believe that like, I could meet someone amazing. I could have this, this could be my life. I, I you know, when, even if you set goals for yourself and you, you know, you just don't know the surprises that life is going to bring you. This business was a perfect example of, I didn't really set out to do anything. And then it blossomed into something that I never would have thought it would. So. Yes, absolutely. I think it's, you know, following that joy and that sense of aliveness and trusting like you can learn skills that you need to be able to make your business operational or whatever it is you're trying to do right right following that that sense of this feels right and there is something really embodied in that sense and right yeah my aunt said something profound years ago when i was actually dating and actually early on when i was dating my now partner um because i was like i don't know i don't know like i'm so you know you're you're tormented from what you've gone through. Like you're just, it's, it's a lot <laughs> for sure. Um, and when you start putting yourself out there, you are, you're looking for flags and you're just like eyes wide open. And, and it's, it's hard to like, I tell people even, you know, I was single for like almost four and a half years and I did, you know, I, I felt great and I was enjoying my life. But when you're single, it's very different than when you're in a relationship, because as much as you think you're good, alone the minute you get involved it's like everything comes up to a certain extent and you you know what i mean you realize like okay i guess there's stuff there that i still need to kind of like heal or work on or i still have some trauma that's that's inside of me and that pertains to every area of life not just a relationship um but she always said to me she goes you know don't overthink something and she goes just go where the energy feels good and I've always kept that in the back of my mind. I'm like, go where the energy feels good. When it feels good, I flow. And when it doesn't, I know that like, okay, there's a re like, maybe this is where we stop. Cause it, one thing I've learned is it shouldn't be hard. Like everything that's good in my life, it, it's, you know, of course things are work, right? Like if I have to get up and film and I'm not in the mood to film, that's a little bit of work. Absolutely. But it's not hard work. And I think for me, that was something that I learned in relationships and friendships and business and everything. It's yes, it's work that you put into it, but it's not painful work. <laughs> Whereas like previous relationships or previous jobs, it was painful. So guys, I just want to thank Shannon for joining us today. It was such a great conversation. You guys can check her out on Instagram or her podcast, Starting Over with Shannon. For more information, we will list her website down below and see you guys next week.